How's it going, guys? This is Dave Thomas. And this is Brian Pritz. And we are back with our sixth episode on the business of lifting weights. Um, today, we're going to talk a lot about different levels of fitness, going from beginner to intermediate to advanced, and talk about ways that each level can get the most out of their training so that they can continue to progress. Uh, we are also joined by one of our coaches, Julianne Russell. Hello. Um, so she is going to be talking a lot today, kind of uh, from her experiences, both as a gym member going through this and also as a coach who coaches people going through it. So first and foremost, Julianne, why don't you just kind of say hi to everybody and introduce yourself and talk about how cool you are. <laughs> <laughs> well, hey guys, I'm Julianne Russell and I am a coach at P360. Um, I came on almost three years ago just as the yoga teacher and a member and started coaching about two years ago. So I coach all of our daily challenge classes, barbell, and then I program mobility and two different styles of yoga on a weekly basis. Yeah, that's, I always forget that you actually only did yoga when you started. Yeah, for yeah. like a year. <laughs> I remember when we first, I had you as like a real coach, like people, <laughs> real yeah. Oh, that was an accident, actually. <laughs> that just came out so bad. <laughs> well, the first class I coached, I was still just the yoga teacher. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's true. <laughs> that was an accident. You, yeah, you filled in. <laughs> yeah. I forgot about that. Yeah. Got lucky it was just kettlebell swings. That's awkward. Yeah. <laughs> um, well, it was great for me. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, why don't you just you know, just brag a little, talk about like your current lifts, um, what, what you're doing with your training, just so people can have some perspective on who's talking. Okay. Well, I'm currently training for my first powerlifting meet. So, uh, right now I've been focusing mostly on squats, bench and deadlift. Uh, but I really, really love Olympic lifting, probably my favorite thing that we do in the gym. So, um, it's what is your current deadlift or what are you going to shoot for at your meet? Current deadlift is 355. Hoping for more than that, maybe as high as 375. And what's your body weight? 143 as of yesterday morning. Cool. Yeah. So she's strong. And that, that meets <laughs> in what, one week? Uh, two, weeks two weeks from yesterday, June okay. 4th. Yeah. Cool. So I'll be competing in the 148 weight class. I'll be on the lower end and hopefully just walking away with a really good score. Yeah, it's going to be awesome. I'm excited <laughs> for it. Me too. Um, so the reason that we had Julianne on is – She's super knowledgeable about a lot of different things, specifically with the human body. Like she said, her background is in yoga, so just a lot of training and how the body works, how it works in movement, and just how it can kind of operate and feel the best that it can. Um, so it was that perspective that was applied to her training that she did for, you know, what was it, like two years before you became a coach? Maybe one year? Yeah. Yeah, one year. Close to um, a year. So just a lot of different experiences and a lot of different knowledge. Um, so it's it's a good perspective to definitely have on the podcast. And also a very fast progression from beginner to advanced, yes. I would say. That's actually a very good call and one thing that we should be kind of sure to point out when we talk about it today. Uh, people always progress at a much different level. You have very fast responders who are going to come in and be able to um, – pretty much adapt right away and they're going to see a huge amount of gains and then you have people that take a little bit longer so um, it's important that everybody just kind of understands who they are and their capabilities and what they should be focusing on and I think a lot of that is from her background as a yoga teacher she knows how to use her body and kind of was able to adapt to the style of training right away because of that yeah um, okay so let's kind of get right into it on the beginner side that's who you know our gym, we're obviously adding new people each and every month. Um, and I would say of the new people that join, at least 50% are, quote, first-timers. Would you say that's accurate? Oh, me? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I would say probably 50%, maybe a little bit more. Um, I also think that there's a pretty big difference between – beginners to what we do and beginners to just general weightlifting. Yeah. I think we get a lot of people that come in and they think that they're a little bit more experienced than they are because they've spent, you know, three years in the gym setting doing. Yeah. Unfortunately, know, like a lat pull down doesn't qualify you to do deadlifts. Bros. Right. No. And so I think a lot of people come in and they think that they're experienced and they can go right up to kind of that intermediate level. And that's just the worst thing that you can possibly do. Yeah. Um, but to answer your question, I would say, 50, maybe 60%. So it's a lot of beginners. So we have a lot of experience and we've been able to see beginners fizzle out. And we've also seen beginners who absolutely like go on to huge things like competing in a powerlifting meet. Um, so Julianne, what's, 
you know, you coach a lot of our new members at the gym through the onboarding and just in classes. What are like some consistent things that you see, you know, not to generalize everybody, but some consistent things that you see on beginners that they should be focusing on or maybe that they lack or just kind of common themes that make beginners successful? Well, I think one of the things that's really important as a beginner is that you're okay with not necessarily being good at something that you're just starting at and also okay with being kind of afraid of it. Um, that gives you kind of a level of respect for what it is that you're doing and what you're asking your body to do and helps remove that whole egotistical aspect of, oh, no, 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 I totally know what I'm doing. Yeah, I'm going to get in and start deadlifting on my first day. So I think coming in with that mindset of, I might not have ever seen any of these things before, or I've done that completely differently in the past. And this is an opportunity for me to just kind of say, okay, let me learn it this way um, and be open to coaching is the best way that you can walk in. Cause if you're, you walk in thinking, I already know how to do all this stuff, then you're probably not going to get the benefit of the coaching and then potentially push yourself too fast, uh, too heavy, too fast or whatever it is. And, and then that correlates into not a great experience. So going on the too heavy, too fast, like, <laughs> What's the reason why somebody shouldn't just walk in and immediately start pulling like five rep deadlifts at 75, 80%? You're going to hurt yourself. Uh, your body's not ready for it. Your brain's not ready for it. Not used to having a barbell in your hand, let alone something with hundreds of pounds on it. So, um, you know, kind of knowing where you stand in the sense of I've never used these muscles that way before or my brain doesn't even know how to connect to these muscles and yeah, go, like, okay, talk, so how do I figure that Talk about that a little bit, like why that matters and that whole just neuromuscular learning. Yeah, one of the things I think a lot of people don't understand is how uh, your brain is such a central part of what you do in the gym. Um, not only the signals that your brain has to send to the body parts to work, but that whole central nervous system element of the brain communicating with the muscles and the skeletal system and all that to say like, okay, here's this load here's what I need to do with this load, and then here's how I need to do it effectively. If you're a beginner, it's just, what? Not really. <laughs> I have no idea what's like going on. Chinese. Yeah, you literally put your hands around a barbell for the first time, and whether it has five pounds on it or 100 pounds on it, if you try to pick it up, your brain can't compute what that is because it has no concept of holding this piece of metal with this weight loaded on it at all because you haven't done it before. Yeah, it's so. like everything goes through your grip, and very rarely when people come from like – a giant, you know, like gl Globo gym per se, like you're never really right. holding something no. really heavy. Like you might be doing isolation stuff right. at lightweight, but that's not enough for your brain to even turn on and have to develop some type of connection. Right. A good indication would be when you go to grab the clips that go on the end of the bar and you literally cannot squeeze it to, to put it on and off the bar, then yeah. you're probably not going to be putting your hands around a hundred pounds to try to it's pick it It's also really <laughs> awkward when like somebody will bring like, to tell you that the clip is broken. <laughs> you just walk up and yeah. squeeze it and put it right on. It's I, like I when, don't find that awkward at all. I actually really enjoy it. Yeah, there's just well, no really way around like being delicate with that. It's really funny for me when a, a guy can't do it and I walk over and I just slide it off. Yeah, do you like, think what like did you need? <laughs> not to get on a whole like side tangent with that stuff, but do you think that there is any type of gender issues with guys coming in that like don't want to be coached by yes. a girl in 100%. weightlifting? Uh, there definitely is. It's unfortunate. And there's a part of me having grown up with five brothers that I almost can't fault them for it. Cause it's, it's almost like bio biologically ingrained in, in men at this <laughs> yeah, point. You guys have small brains. We don't want to listen. Yeah, to of course. <laughs> but, um, usually people come around, uh, especially once they see, I mean, you look at the female coaches that we have and how incredibly strong and technically proficient they are at everything. Yeah. So usually they kind of come around, but there's always a struggle, you know, with certain, certain personalities where maybe it's because I'm a girl, maybe it's not, or maybe it's just cause I'm stronger than them. I don't know. It was funny. I know Robbie <laughs> used to, that used to be Robbie's challenge too. Cause he weighs like 140 pounds or yeah. something. That's like pathetic. Yeah. <laughs> Definitely weighed less than and, me for uh, a long time. Yeah. yeah. It just used to drive him crazy when like, you know, guys with cutoffs would come in and not listen to him and he used yeah. to love like finally being in class and like i know he would specifically deadlift with those people yeah. just, just so he could do up. like 150 yeah. pounds more yeah and it's like that's a great learning lesson because you realize like okay i'm i'm far behind on this and i'm a beginner yeah and that's like the most important thing is like just understanding that you are a beginner like it's great when people come in and they're super like eager about immediately getting to a certain level because they see like at least in our gym 
There's different clubs all over the wall. Like we're very aggressive with social media recognition. So people like really want to be a part of that, which is awesome. It's better than the opposite where somebody comes in and they're just kind of half-assing going through the motions. Mm -hmm. But I think it's just really, really, really important. And we should chat a little more about it, but just like that strength development of that beginner. Um, because your central nervous system is just so sensitive to that. Like you were saying, Julianne experience of your body is learning how to move the weight that every time you come in, you're quote hitting a PR, <laughs> right. which is what we were like just talking about off air right before this. Um, but how like, it's not a PR, it's your body just learning. Right. It's you're literally building the foundation for what you're going to be able to do for an easy five by five at that weight the entire time. Cause you're teaching your brain to remember everything about it every time you do it. It's like you always say about how it takes thousands of reps to build good movement patterns. It's like sometimes people come in and they kind of want to gloss over that and it just doesn't work that way because even if you stay at lightweight but you don't take the time to teach your brain and your body how to work together, then you just end up building uh, weird foundations with weird technique that overall does not help you progress to the next level. So it's really important to just slow down and take your time to understand like what activates your hamstrings, what activates your lats, what are your lats. Right. Um, it's impressive actually how many people come in and I say, squeeze your glutes. And they're like, I am <laughs> squeezing my glutes. And that's funny. That's it's your fist. Actually not. That's, yeah. <laughs> that's your arm that you're squeezing. Um, your glutes are back here and then I touch their butts and you know, it's totally normal. I, uh, I totally get why people come in and they want to kind of skip those steps because as a person, you, you know, when you're lifting weight, if you physically can lift a certain amount of weight, like you naturally just want to. Right. Um, right. So it's like if you're walking up to a deadlift and it's your first time and you are strong enough to lift that weight up, like naturally you just want to do that. You don't want to digress and like work on form and just do something that you know that you can do easily just to build that foundation. So I totally get where people are coming from on that, but um, you know, it is very important to take that step back and learn first. It's yeah. like drinking. Like if you <laughs> don't ever drink or you're drinking for the first time, <laughs> it's like, and somebody puts like six shots of whiskey in front of you and you take that, like you're going to be On dead. the floor. Like yeah. You're going to just, your body's going to reject it. But it's like, if you just have a beer or yeah. maybe a couple beers. A light beer. Then it's like, you okay, it's like a new stimulus. Your body's getting used to it. It's not going to reject it quite as much. And, and you're going like, to have a great time. <laughs> yeah so I, I think that is like honestly a pretty decent comparison because yeah. it's like your body has to it has to get used to the stimulus and you can't just override it from the get-go um so you were like just talking about movement patterns and why that's so important like talk specifically about why that is so important movement pattern like why if i'm coming in and i'm fairly active like why do i need to s spend a month like learning how to do body weight squats or goblet squats before I should just go right to a barbell and like do quote strength training. You know, for a lot of people, um, even if you come in with some sort of fitness regimen or running, cycling, something like that, but you don't necessarily squat all the time, or even if you do yoga and you're like, oh yeah, no, I, I do that all the time. I'm, I'm constantly doing yoga sculpt or whatever it is. Um, it, it's very different than sitting down and actually memorizing your squat pattern, memorizing where your feet go every single time, how your hips move every single time, tracking your mobility, what it really feels like to do it in just your body first before you add weight to it. Because the second you add weight to something, it's going to change, but you are trying to build that muscle memory that keeps it the same, no matter what is added to it. And it just, I mean, it, it scientifically cannot be done without, lots and lots of practice like anything else you know mm -hmm. you talk about drinking you talk about playing music any of it like you have to train your fingers you have to train your body to recognize the rhythm of a song or whatever it is um you literally have to take your time to dial in your setup on lifting weights just like you would for anything else you know i talk a lot about how every time you squat it should feel like you're taking a foul shot you do the exact same thing every single time so that your body remembers oh this is what i'm doing right now and it just dials into that movement instead of thinking about what am i doing after this or where am i going to eat later or oh yeah i wanted to do this later too no you're just thinking about that squat or that deadlift or clean or whatever it is and you've spent all of that time building good technique at lightweight working on speed, working on power. So once the weight is in your hands, it just happens like automatically you get into that, 
that part of your central nervous system where it really does take over and you almost don't have to think anymore because your body just remembers exactly what it's supposed to do. But if you're constantly doing a million different things and never really taking your time to learn this one thing and then learn this other thing and then this other thing, then you're just always going to be kind of all over the place. Yeah. I mean, that's a good point. Um, especially when talking about like mobility is it's, it's like a, a buzzword in the gym fitness world over the past few years, but you start to realize that it actually is really, really important. And I still think that's a huge challenge is getting beginners. Like I've been, I would, I don't know what you would call it. Powerlifting, Olympic lifting, kettlebells, all that, like, you know, functional free weight stuff. I've been doing that for like six years now consistently. And like just this year, I'm like, all right, this stuff actually really matters. Mm -hmm. And you learn a lot more about your body that way too. Yeah. Um, You learn it. You learn a ton about it, but it's like, how can you get people to not delay six years or take an incident before you care about it? Like what's really unfortunate is that it seems like it takes most people getting injured in some way, shape or form to really focus on their mobility or their recovery. Um, but you know, even myself, I came in as a beginner to pretty much everything. Um, I'd, you know, done circuit training and boot camps and stuff like that, but I'd never really lifted weights before. And was it like six months in, I hurt my back the first time and it wasn't, it wasn't like I did something in the gym that hurt my back. It was a structural issue within my low back that caused an injury that had been brewing through years and years and years of doing yoga and never, ever, ever strength training. Mm -hmm. So it goes both ways. Like I, I found that through strength training and then I had to step back rehab and then come back. And I had already deadlifted 300 pounds at that point and thought, well, I might not ever do this again, but then step back, recovery, work on mobility, which I thought I never was going to need because I came from yoga. Mm-hmm. But there's so much more to mobility than flexibility. It's not the same thing. So working on it and then coming back, and now I'm stronger than I ever could have imagined because I took those things and applied them to strength training. It's kind of like the opposite of what most people need to do, but it is by far the most important element of recovery that's going to keep you from getting injured and allow you to continue to get stronger and it's, it's insane. People don't see it that way, but you can only use your body the way it's always been used for so long. If you're trying to teach it to do new things and handle new load, it's not going to, if it literally cannot move beyond its, al- its limitations. Yeah. It's almost like not to throw out another analogy, oh. but it's like, it's almost like a race car. Yeah. Like if the race car, if the alignment of the wheels are right. off, like there's nothing you can do to power through that. Like right. you can rev it harder. You can race it harder. You can practice it more, but if that alignment is off, like right. you're going to be limited yeah. and like sooner or later, like you're going to go into the wall. You can front so, squat with a cross grip for your entire life, but you'll never be able to do a heavy clean ever. Yeah. because if you can't figure out how to mobilize to get into a front rack position, then you'll be limited to front squats with cross grip forever and never really be able to progress in something like a clean or even a lot of overhead movements just because you can't get your elbows to move into that position. And I just think there's way too much emphasis on like, Hey, tell me how my form looks like, how's my technique. And like, of course you want to lift with good form, but like, I'm going to be honest. Like I think form doesn't matter a ton with how you get hurt. Like in my opinion, people get hurt by doing a movement with bad mobility or with a body that shouldn't be doing that movement. So it's like, First thing I always say to people is they're like, how's my form look? I'm like, fine. How does it feel? Yeah. Does it feel like deadlifts? Deadlifts are a great example. Like you can deadlift with absolutely flawless form, like, but your body just might reject it because your hips are tight or because your quads are tight. And it's like, there's going to be a million reasons why you can't do something. And form is just where it gets revealed. It's not the cause. It's just the, 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 what you're seeing on the surface, but what's, what matters is what's going on inside your body. Asking people how they feel has been a huge piece of just getting people to understand how their bodies move at all. Mm-hmm. It took me a little while into coaching to realize that like people would ask questions and I would just answer them instead of asking them a question back that kind of guided them to the answer so that they understood what was really happening. And so. I, th- I think that's great advice to somebody listening. Like always, as you're doing this stuff, think, how does this feel? Right. You know, tap into yourself and start learning how certain things, certain movements, certain weights feel on your body. And, you know, like you said, that's kind of way more important than form. So, um, and that's something with beginners, especially since I get 
I get the bulk of our beginners on their, their first night of open coaching or building their foundation and looking at squat patterns is squat pattern and deadlift pattern is an easy one for me to see, but they can't see it. And what's funny is people will come in and they have experience squatting and they go to squat and their toes are pointed forward and their hips get about 12 inches down way above parallel and they stand back up and I go, okay, why do you squat like that? Well, this is how you're supposed to squat. Well, says who? (laughs) You can't physically squat that way. So let's adjust it so that the quote unquote form fits your mobility so that you can actually perform the movement with any level of proficiency Yeah, it's like the textbook is obviously a fine place to start, but like that's why it just – it's so important to just chill when you're doing these movements and find that good squat pattern. Like I just changed my squat pattern five years after starting to squat with barbells. It's like I never really – spent the time to like really figure out what the best one for my body was. So it's like, you know, there's so much benefit to be had by just slowing down a little bit. And it's like, people want to come in and they're like, but I have to lose 20 pounds or most people don't come to the gym and they're like, I want to get in level three barbell. (laughs) They don't know what that is. (laughs) Everybody who ends up ultimately going towards the strength route, like it's just, it's, they never start that way. Yeah. They always, I didn't. And that's like I, what I'm trying to say is like that's the way to do it. Right. Like, don't care about coming in and like being the strongest person. Right. Like, almost like don't want to do that. Right. It's gonna happen by accident. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, you're just gonna get stronger by the act of doing. Like, your body is super sensitive, so it's gonna get stronger. It's gonna get better and moving. Like, ignore. It, it sounds. It sounds like a uh, contradiction, but it's like. Build strength, but don't focus on getting strong. Right. You know what I mean? Because you're going to get stronger just by the act of doing something that you're not used to doing. Yeah. I mean, I I came in as a beginner. That's I really did. And I very accidentally got strong without yeah. even noticing that it was happening. Uh, mostly through the guidance of the coaches, just kind of saying things like, oh, you're, you know, five reps of something like just add five more pounds, add 10 more pounds. Like that looks easy. Your pattern looks good. Try this weight. And it happened more accidentally than me going, yeah, I want to try to squat 150 pounds right now. I mean, the first time I did a pull-up was a complete and total accident. Mm-hmm. I said, I can't do a pull-up. And someone <laughs> said, yes, you can. And I was like, no, look, this is what happens. And I jumped up and I did a pull-up. <laughs> and whoever it was was like, that's that's what happens? So you do pull-ups when you try? I was like, whoa. Like, just blew, blew myself away with that because I wasn't focused on how many pull-ups can I do right, right. now three months in. Right. It's like all you want to do those first, honestly, like, it should be – minimum of like a year like you just want to be building strength like you shouldn't be it's like when i come into the gym and i see a deadlift on the board that's like on our pr board where somebody writes like a guy that writes like 285 pounds i'm not diminishing that as an achievement but like a that's not very strong and b like if that's what your real one rep is like you were way premature in attempting this yeah because like if you're attempting a true one rep anybody that has at least six months of weightlifting experience is going to do something over 300 pounds, yeah. like as a, as a male. Yeah. So that just means like your body, you probably just muscled that up. And I guarantee you that person's back was like sore shit the next day. Yeah. So yep. yeah, it's really just like taking a second to, to let your body adapt to everything and just be very slow in the process. Um, and allow those gains to, to trickle in rather than feeling like they have to hit you like right away. And with such profound impact. And when you're a beginner, I think it's, honestly, whether you're a beginner or you're new to the environment that you're in, it is so incredibly beneficial to just listen to the coaches. Like they are the coaches for a reason or your trainer, whoever it is, they are more knowledgeable than you, no matter what you think, because they do it for a living. Right. So like listening to them, I think, especially in our environment, um, just taking the time to sit back and go, huh, yeah, okay, they think I should take weight off the bar to improve on this one piece of technique, but I can do this weight. No, I should take the weight off the bar is the way to go with that because if it's one piece of technique, it's obviously something you're not doing with the weight you have on the bar. Yeah, it's so funny. Like I always see like coaches when we're lifting in class and when we're lifting in like open gym, like we're always asking other coaches to Mm -hmm. take a look at something. Mm -hmm. Like how's this look? How's Mm -hmm. this feel? Like I know Mm -hmm. I ask you that all the time on my squats, but it's like, it's not because I don't know how to squat. Right. It's because like you want constant feedback on like, right. how does this look? Am I at good depth? Am, are my knees inverting? Like I hadn't, yeah, it's just like 
so beginners should be just seeking that out like crazy. And I think a lot of it too is it's just pure intimidation. Totally. Like people think that like you're going through the walkthrough and they're like, oh, this isn't for me. Like what they're saying isn't directed at me. I'm a beginner. Like I'm just in the background. But like what we're saying is like completely right. directed at you. So it's like all beginners everywhere like should be just seeking out that coaching and really just ingraining that movement pattern. And I know a lot of people are intimidated to go up and talk to coaches. Um, so that just like that blows my mind because yeah. as a coach, like we're all there because we want to be there and we want right. to coach. Like I find classes relatively boring when nobody seeks my help. <laughs> totally. So I'm like, I want people to literally come up to me every second of that class and ask me for advice, ask me for help. So I think if you are a beginner and you have been scared to go talk to a coach and yeah. ask for help, like, just please go do it. Like the coach will appreciate that. And I, I totally get it. Like, I, I think I was terrified actually of Robbie at first, just because I don't know, he looked incredibly strong and had tattoos, even though I have <laughs> tattoos that still intimidated me. But I tried to flip that. And I think, man, like girls walking into the gym, like I know what I look like and what I sound like and how that must be like a little like, Whoa, maybe I don't know if I'm going to talk to this chick. Yeah. Um, it's just, and then a second, I try to just immediately be like, but "Hey, that, that's the same with any good coach. Right. Any good coach is is just gonna have an air of like confidence, that, right. and they're gonna be, they're gonna say a lot succinctly. So it's like, I yeah. feel like there's a lot of coaches that deal with that. Totally. And but like, I always tell them like, don't be afraid to just literally grab me, ask me. That's yeah. what I'm here for. Like I, it is, it is boring when no one asks for my help. Yeah. And when people say, I'm sorry to bug you, but can yeah. you, I'm like, no, 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 you're not bugging me. This is literally what I get paid for. <laughs> yeah. So please bug me all you want. Yeah. It's super important to, to just ask questions because otherwise you end up asking somebody else and they might not have the right information. Yeah, that's true. Or like the worst thing is when people leave and they're like, well, she wasn't even paying any attention. <laughs> right. It's like, listen, like sometimes you have to seek it out. Like when there's a lot of people doing squats, like we're going to get to everybody. But like if you say, hey, come take a look at this, like we'll come right over. Yeah. So it's just, you know, understanding that it's a, a partnership and that like you're just starting out and you, you need the help. And like that's why we exist is yeah. to be able to help you with that. And the great thing as a beginner is that it is – it's almost easier to gauge your progress because you're starting with baseline, like that you're just building. So, you know, the first day you go in there and it squats on the board and you're given a kettlebell and told to do goblet squats and you squat the 24 pound kettlebell and you're like, man, that was really hard for 10 reps at a time. And then the next time you come in, you do it again and it's marginally easier. And then the next time you come in, you do it again. You're like, Oh, this is getting more comfortable. And then it's like, okay, let's squat with the, 35 pound kettlebell and that's a little bit more challenging than you expect and you know it's just it's nice to be able to physically see those things when you get to a certain point and it's literally like five pounds inching at a time it's a lot harder to gauge your progress when yeah. you're a beginner you almost have it like easier in that respect of yes I can see the bands on the pull-ups changing or the colors of the kettlebells going up which is awesome and really nice to revel in that too because even though it's not a barbell it doesn't matter yeah, and that's actually like a really good point is when beginners who are doing it right, they come in like their lifts are getting stronger every single time because of what we already talked about, that, that brain to muscle connection, that neuromuscular um, development. So you're literally getting stronger every time you do something. If you were to do squats 10 weeks in a row at five reps, you would get stronger on every single session that you did squats. Right. So, you know people come in and they're like, man, like this is awesome. I'm getting these amazing results. And then you get to that kind of intermediate level where maybe you've been there. It, it, I hate timelining stuff cause everybody's different, yeah. but let's just say it's a year mm -hmm. and you're like, I'm plateaued. Like I'm not, this isn't working anymore. Like I need to do more, 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 but it's, it's, you're not plateaued. It's just that first phase is over. Right. Like you're no longer, completely sensitive to every single thing that you do, your body has adapted. And right. like, that's what training and strength training is, is adaptation to a stimulus. So that's a big one. I know we always hit that like yeah. one year mark with folks. And that's when like people kind of almost lose focus a little because before everything, it was great. It was just this dopamine yeah. rush every time <laughs> totally. you came to the gym because there was success every mm -hmm. time. But then once you hit that intermediate phase, you have to almost take on a different mindset, a different understanding of where your body's at and where your goals are going to be. 
Yeah. And a lot of people, I think when they get to that phase, instead of understanding that they, you just have to kind of restructure your mindset a little bit, they go, I need something new. Mm-hmm, and that's right. not really how it works. That just becomes a level of not being committed or whatever, it, whatever you want to call it. But that's, that's not really how it works. You just, you, you then just shift the way you're training to the next phase of it. Yeah. Like I'll see, I'll see it even now, like going into open gym, like you'll see members in there who it's like, they feel like now they're almost like too good for the daily challenge right. and they have to go to open gym. And I'm <laughs> yeah. like, I, I respect that you're in here like working on your own, but like, I promise you there's so much left in the tank for you within the class format. Like you don't need to all of a sudden alter what you're doing, like simply right. because your squat didn't go up in one session. Yeah. And to me, that's the biggest thing is, is the mentality. Once you, once you exit that beginner stage, I almost just knocked the desk over. Um, <laughs> is the mindset because like your mindset has to be shifting and changing just right. like your body. Right. Um, and if your mindset is never changing, then you're just, your brain is going to conflict with where your body's at. And that's when you just overthink it and you get yourself into trouble a little bit. Yeah. I mean, for me, I've been doing this stuff for, you know, over six years and I don't think I go to another class besides the daily, the daily challenges challenge, yeah. other than like a muscle every once in a while. Yeah. Um, and I'm still getting stronger like every day. I had a snowboard accident that limited me, but other than that, like I still am getting stronger just from daily challenges. Yeah, that's six why years like, later. not to get off topic, but that's why that whole like secret squirrel stuff just bothers yeah. me. Because <laughs> it's just like giving in to people like thinking that they need more when really it's just – a shift in mindset and, and even a little bit of a shift in your training and that like, yeah, you're not going to get rewarded now every single time right. you do this. It's a little more of a grind. Yeah. And, and, I, th- and I think that with people, you know, like I was saying, kind of having that mentality of, I need something new or I need something different. Um, just for my own personal experience, I, I have literally done nothing else, but P360 since I joined, I've not had a second membership to another gym. I've not, you know, done Pilates classes. I still do yoga, but it's uh, more on the restorative side of things. I don't really go do yoga to burn calories or get a workout. Um, and I surf. That's really it. But I, it's literally Shocker, all of my, <laughs> yeah, all of my progress has come from P360 programming alone um, in terms of strength and muscle gain and body fat loss and lean muscle build. It is all come from just our programming. So when people tell me that they need more or they need something else or whatever, I it's hard for me to not laugh in their faces. I know, and it's like no one's gonna listen to me because like right. I'm the owner. But it's like I, I I'm like every <laughs> goals question comes back to just like keep following the board. Right. It's like I, I hate it. People take that as like dismissive, but it's true. Like I want to get stronger in this. Yeah. Awesome. Like. And the truth is, what if, you're doing. if you've been there for two years and you, you know, it's five by five squats and the range of percentage is 50 to 75 and you are always closer to 50%, you are going to stop seeing any kind of visual results because you just won't put 10 more pounds on the bar. Right. If you're not like at the same token, challenging yourself. Sorry to yeah. jump in at the same yeah. token. If you're always at 75%, Correct. Same thing. back off. Right. Like, that's why tracking is so important. And when you hit that intermediate stage, like you have to pay attention to what you're doing. Yeah. We're trying to get people at the gym now to track from day one. It's kind of hard because they yeah. don't know what the hell they're tracking. <laughs> like when you get in that intermediate phase, like paying attention to what you do is so important because you always have to be looking for ways to improve that lift. Right. You can't just blindly like come in and squat, not track, not pay attention, not figure out the percentage and expect to get stronger. Right. I had a, I had a girl a couple of weeks ago that came in and I think she was like right at this stage transitioning into inter- – intermediate and she goes um i thought i was going to be able to lift more today I'd, i've done five by five for the past three weeks at 75 percent and i wasn't able to lift more than yeah, your body's you know. over it yeah and it was just like i was like okay well each time you came in did you add some weight to those right reps and she was like no i just stayed at 75 percent of my old one rep max right. so it's like that Which is, like, that's kind of cool because like yeah. she's paying attention to percentages for yeah. sure right but I think she was transitioning into that phase where it was like, okay, now I need to start taking another look. This is starting to stall. So now I need to get into maybe increasing your reps. Right. Yeah. The idea of weight. the projected one rep. And I think yeah. that's What's why, the one like, rep you're going for. Exactly. Yeah. 
I think that's why beginners like don't track because they get better every single time. So it's like I don't really need to pay attention to stuff because like I'm getting stronger. And right. It's like I'm cool. I'm happy. This is I'm successful at this. Right. When it gets to the sudden where all it's all of a sudden the brakes get hit like on the gains and then you're like oh f- crap like it was like kind of cat today in the yeah, gym like totally. Kat's been a member for like three years mm-hmm. Shaw yeah, yeah. and like this was the first time she really like tested her squat yeah more. so it's a great example number one of like build 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 don't test but mm-hmm. it's like now for her like watch her her strength is going to take off like, right. she's actually paying attention to it now and she's actually has an idea what her true percentages are so you know for somebody that maybe is in that intermediate stage what is that change in mindset like what should they start to do now i think for me personally it's just under like it's all mental it's understanding that like this is now part of your lifestyle and this is something where the results are now going to happen strength wise much i don't want to say slower but it's just a different curve Mm -hmm. it's 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 different it's the results they don't just flood in like they trickle in. They're gonna happen at a at a yeah I guess like a slower process and something you just have to be more aware and be present in doing. Yeah, I also think that um, really gauging the toll that whatever it is that you're doing is taking on your body and if you you know maybe the week before you did your five by five at seventy five percent and it felt great, but the day you're coming in this week you personally don't feel great and then you're bummed out by what you're able to do or not able to do and understand that like you're at a level now where your body is going to respond to the weight with a level of comfort, but if you don't physically feel up for it, then that's this is now the time where you take that personal responsibility where you say, I don't squat today, and it's okay. <laughs> You're not going to lose anything from it. And if you feel really good, then you go in and you say, okay, well, maybe I've been doing my 5x5 five five at 175 for the last three weeks. Let's see what 180 feels like today. Yep. And you get through that 5x5 five five at 180, and maybe it's a little bit more of a struggle. Maybe you even need to take a spot, which is scary sometimes but you're like okay my brain is going to get used to now what 180 feels like on my back and Mm -hmm. the next time just like I was saying with beginners you start to be able to feel that progress but it's at a much smaller scale because it might be five or ten pounds at a time instead of 20 or 30 because you're not such a beginner anymore your body is accustomed to a certain weight at a certain work rate I think actually you are a really good example I remember you know, in your first year or so, you were just like that steady, yeah. straight line up, you know, just cruising. And then I think once you got to 300 or so, it was like a little bit of oh, a straight yeah. line for a little bit. But then it was like kind of big jumps and then stall, big jumps, and then stall. So yeah. it was like and sometimes, a, different, a different line going up. And sometimes it was really frustrating and challenging, especially since there are a fair amount of very strong females, particularly in our gym, that kind of sit all around the same numbers. Mm -hmm. So when you start to go up, you think, okay, cool, this person's also going up 10 pounds. I'm going to be able to do that too. And then you can't. And you're like, ah, shit, what happened? Oh, wait, I was stacking myself up against somebody else instead of stacking myself up against me. And that's the biggest thing too is like where I think those intermediate folks feel that need to like, oh my gosh, I have to deviate now what I'm doing and overhaul it completely. Because like you get you start to get into that like comparison addiction right. and you see people in the gym and you see people like on Instagram or on Facebook yeah. and all of a sudden like you want to do that, which is great, but I, I still haven't figured out like what the recipe is for getting folks to not – it's a fine line between motivation right. and then obsession. Um, it's a very fine line. We so were actually it, talking about this yesterday in Open Gym, Coach Brenna and I, um, because there is a lot of females getting – very close to and around the 200 pound squat mark and we were like man it took me so long to get there how are these girls getting there so fast but then not only are they getting there they're getting very defeated by not being able to do it or I just did 185 why can't I get 195 because you just did 185 and now you should be going back to working on the percentages based off of that in order to try and hit 200 at some point, like you, you can't, you can't look at coach Brenna, somebody who's been there for five years and is an elite power lifter. And, and that's think what, hang on. You're going to go that thing fast. That people need to understand is like Brenna has been a member of the <laughs> yeah. gym for five, five years, years. And it's like, she's just now at the point where right. she's like in murder mode. Right. It's like five years. So 
she built this huge foundation it's of incredible. like three to four years before she even started right. specializing. Right. Like we're talking three to four years of doing everything before that specialization set in. And I don't want to jump ahead to the advanced stuff, but that's just a, a, a critical thing yeah. that people in that like one to two year mark need to understand is like a lot of work. Pritz, who's like one of the stronger males in the gym, like five, six years of doing this stuff. Like yeah. it takes a lot of time. And if you get too caught up as more of an, an intermediate level in looking at what the strongest people in the gym are doing and trying to get anywhere near it, you're ultimately going to be frustrated and unsuccessful more than not. And it's going to overall affect your experience in the gym because right. instead of working on you, yeah, you start chasing these things that are quite frankly beyond your level and beyond your experience. And, and that's when, you know, you run into, uh, I think more mental battles than anything else. And, and it turns into a negative thing. I, I know I've been through that at the gym in my own head and really had to step back and go, why am I here again? Yeah. Cause I'm not here just to get my name on the board. It's cool when your name's on the board. Yeah. But it's not cool if it gets there based off of some really weird, envious or jealousy or comparison or whatever to the other people it's cool when it happens on a more natural and gradual progression of something that's makes sense i think too just like <laughs> speaking from like a physiological perspective i always see like it's so strange i feel like beginners are like immune to any type of like injuries or yeah. stiffness i don't know why that is but like they're going light number one but mm -hmm. they're it's just you never really like see people come up to you like really needing that extra help until they've kind of been doing it for a right. while. Mm -hmm. that's, just, that's just speaking purely empirically. But um, what are some things that like once you hit that 8, 10, 12 month mark, like what are some things that people can be doing aside from just their lifts and their exercise in their mobility, in their recovery so that they can continue to progress upward? Because to set you up for that question, like people need to understand nothing happens while exercising. Yeah. It happens in the recovery period. Yeah. It happens when your body is not doing anything and it's right. now kind of like soaking in everything that you did. I mean, in terms of like actually physically mobilizing yeah, themselves. Yeah, like what, you know, it, ankles, is it something that ankles that everybody can benefit from? Is it shoulders to do overhead stuff? Like what, what are some things that when you're at that kind of next level that you really be need, need to focus on aside from just your lifts? I mean, more than anything else, you need to pay attention to exactly how you feel when you get up in the morning and get out of your bed. If you consistently wake up well, in the morning, bad news for me. <laughs> get out of your bed and you feel like a 90 year old, then there is probably some work to be done within your joints. Like it's, is one of those things where people will, will say, oh, this doesn't feel right or this feels this way. And I will always ask when. Is it when you're doing this? Is it when you're doing that? No, it's always when I'm resting. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. Um, but, I mean, you have to make your foam roller like your best friend when you're watching sports or whatever you're watching. You have to make the lacrosse ball like an annoying part so of your why, life. Why? Like because why if you, need to do the foam so, so what foam rollers and lacrosse balls and golf balls and all those things do is myofascial release. It's taking care of everything that wraps around your body and essentially holds it together. So, you know, uh, when people touch your traps, your neck or your shoulders, and you feel those balls of tissue, that's, it's not going to go away if you don't do something about yeah, like it. Rest doesn't yeah, heal that. Rest does not heal that. The, having somebody physically work on you heals that taking the time to work on it yourself heals that. And what, what really that means is, you know, rolling out, getting into trigger points and actually putting yourself through the agony of sitting on them for like 30 seconds at a time, not getting Swedish massages, but getting deep tissue massages. Yeah, like you should not ART. enjoy your massage. You should not enjoy it. As, <laughs> as horrible as that sounds, there's like that the fine line, really you know, off. <laughs> yeah, acupuncture, chiropractic, that kind of stuff is all super important because when it comes down to it, every time you load a barbell on your back, you're compressing your spine. Every time you deadlift, you're putting a certain amount of sheer force on your spine and it's going to move, it's going to shift. And if you don't take the time to pay attention to that and get it, you know, adjusted or put back or nerves, all of those things, then it's not going to get better. It's going to get worse and yeah, you will be inhibited hundred percent by it. Not to get off on a tangent, but if you can like succinctly sum up like what the difference is between sheer force versus basically like spinal compression, because some people they're like, I can deadlift 
I can squat fine, but I can't deadlift or vice versa. Well, you, two different movement patterns. Obviously, um, when you're deadlifting, you are picking up a barbell from the poorest leverage point possible, regardless of your stance. Um, and you're putting your pelvis in that hinge pattern where regardless of how you do it, sumo is going to be less, conventional is going to be more. You are literally applying force. You're applying force into the ground through your legs that is putting all of the force on your spine and the muscles that surround it to keep it completely stable, safe, and neutral. And when those muscles are deflected somewhere else, that's when you see people rounding their spine, their pelvis getting out of whack, and basically using all of the muscles they're not supposed to to pick the weight up instead of the ones they're supposed to. So typically, there are people that can do one over the other much better. Um, when you load a barbell on your back for a squat, you're physically pushing your spine downward, compressing the vertebra, shortening the space in between them. And that's a completely different sensation <laughs> than when you are going into a hinge pattern and trying to pull your spine into flexion or folding forward or whatever. Um, so depending on sort of your overall hip mobility, hamstring flexibility, ability to activate the correct muscles, you could potentially be putting your spine in a more compromising position in one movement or the other, depending on your actual body structure. So it's kind of hard if you don't, if anatomy is not your thing, it's hard to, to really talk about it without getting too anatomical, but the vertebra of your lower back are the most unprotected out of your entire spine besides your neck. And if anything is even remotely not stable, then the force you're applying downward to deadlift could shift your spine overall in a direction it's not supposed to go. Yeah, and the important takeaway, just to like summarize that, is like no movements are the same. Right. So they'll be similar, but a squat and a deadlift are honestly like almost not even remotely similar. No. Like they use the same joints, right. but they are not going to be the same type of loading scheme. No. So it's just understanding, like, as you get to that next level, like you said, what feels good, what doesn't, where can I then target what doesn't right. feel good. So it's getting into that, like, specificity a little bit more um, than as opposed to just, like, because when you're a beginner and you're just learning the pattern, there's never going to be anything that really reveals substantial weakness right. if you're doing it right. So that next level, I think it becomes so much more important, which is why you see those people in yoga who've been coming for, like, a year. Like, yeah. you very rarely see, like, people in their second month in yoga class and I'll ask I'll ask members all the time the most common question I get asked at the gym is how do I stretch my low back <laughs> um, which by the way if you are a member of our gym we have lots of information on the website for that um, but we're not a member <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah if you're not a member too but just the members that ask me all the time um, and the first thing I will always ask them if it's special especially if it's after squats or deadlifts is where do you feel it the most I'm really really sore where is it in your hamstrings and your lats? Yes. Awesome. You should be sore there. I only feel soreness in my low back. Well, we need to look at your deadlift then because mm -hmm. you're clearly not doing something right if that's the only place that you feel it. Uh, same thing with squats. Where do you feel it? Only in your low back. So you're only feeling the effects of the compression on your spine. You're not feeling it in your legs, your glutes, your lats. We need to look at your squat and what you're doing. Chances are you're probably doing a big good morning up and out of that thing. Mm -hmm. So it's like, you know, it's, it's that other thing we were talking about before about getting people to understand how their bodies work. And sometimes it takes filming somebody to show them like, look, this is what you're doing. This is what I'm trying to show you that you're doing um, for them to really see where the breakdown's happening. And then to coach them very specifically through um, helping make that movement more, I don't know, something they're more able to do without feeling that kind of pain. Uh, but you absolutely have to talk to a coach if that's, if that's what's happening. You see you. a lot of people that think that they're doing something and they're actually not doing anything All the like time. that. You know, they'll be like, oh, I feel like I'm, you know, throwing my hips back. And it's like you're no, squatting you're really straight not. down. Yeah, you're, yeah. <laughs> kettlebell swings is the number one thing you see yeah. that with with people. You're squatting the bell. But I'm, I'm moving it, yes, but you're not moving it correctly. Right. Same thing with deadlifts, uh, squats, swings. It's always – swings hurt my back. It's not the movement. It's you're doing it wrong. And yeah. that's okay. Like I said, be okay with, oh, I'm doing it wrong. Okay, let me learn how to do it right. <laughs> You know, right. a lot of people take offense to you're doing it wrong, but really it's just, oh, let me show you how to do it properly, you know? Yeah, absolutely. What do you think? So as far as somebody goes from the intermediate phase into the advanced phase, again, that's going to be different for everybody, right. but you know, what do you guys think are, you know, some of the most important things for the quote advanced people to do who've been at it for a few years 
We're still getting better at everything, but like ways, general ways that people can just apply to their training to continue to get better. One of the things that I started to incorporate for myself um, in the last year was kind of getting to that point, like you were talking about Pritz with going up and then plateauing, going up and then plateauing. Mm. And it can be frustrating is, was instead of working percentages off of my current one reps was working percentages off of the one reps I wanted and being okay with not actually testing it for a while. I think one of the biggest mistakes advanced people do is just constantly trying to one rep. Mm -hmm. Just unbelievable to see people literally every weekend coming into open gym and trying to PR the same lifts Mm -hmm. over and over and over again and being unsuccessful consistently. I think think too, that's something that what keeps people in the intermediate phase yeah, is totally. always trying to test rather than build. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's like, yeah, you're stalled because you're not developing right. strength. You're just testing it. And all you're the time. teaching yourself to miss the rep now yeah. too. And so like testing your strength, like doesn't get you stronger. No. Like if you're part of a specific program that like is calling for a one rep, that's part of a strength training program, but like testing in general typically doesn't build. Right. So it's like, you need to be following protocol to build, 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 and then testing infrequently. Yep. Like I think, it's funny. I think as you get more advanced, like you test much less frequently. Yeah, way less frequently. And you, what you end up with is getting more and more three and five rep PRs, which people forget are a super legitimate and important thing. And yeah, Pritz loves the, the five rep PR. Yeah, Love and it. you know, it's like certain things that you don't hear a lot is like somebody trying to test their clean over and over and over again and just consistently missing it. Okay. So we'll say the weight's 175. What's your front squat? 180. Yeah. Well, no kidding. You're going to miss that Mm -hmm. when you can three rep 175 as your front squat. I bet you'll be able to clean it. Right. And it's like, people don't correlate those two things necessarily together. But, um, when you are in the more advanced realm, then not only kind of working off of more projected or what you want to be your PR, but slowing down and knowing that it's going to take maybe more time in between those things. Cause you actually are doing less in the sense that you're not doing it as often, but it's also now an autonomous thing with your body where it knows the technique, the movement pattern, and it happens more naturally. Um, and then you get to that point where you test. And like Pritz was saying in the last episode, you're not going to miss, you're going to get it and you're going to feel confident instead of scared <laughs> underneath that bar. You yeah. just know it's going to happen because you've done the work to get there. What's like a good time frame to test one reps? Like how frequently? I mean, honestly, if you're doing it right, which like, let's be real, not no one's going to do. Right. Yeah. It's very hard to, to do that. Um, I think like once a quarter yeah. um, would yeah. be on the high end of it for sure. Um, advanced folks, they need that development so much more. They need yeah. that percentage based um, so that they can actually be building yeah. something to test off of. Yeah. Um, and it's like, I think too, it's funny. Like you think when you're, you've been in the gym for a while and you're at that advanced stage, like you got your shit together and there's like no holes in your game. In, in my opinion, I think that's where adva- advanced people struggle with their mentality much more than I think any other phase. And the reason why I think that is because like I said, when you start at the gym, everything is new. You're getting gains, gains, gains. Even when you're in an intermediate phase, you're still going yeah. up. Now, all of a sudden, you're at this phase where, like, you might hit a PR one to two times a year. Yeah. Like, in all seriousness. So, it's a real, like, gut check on, like, what am I doing and why am I here? Mm-hmm. Like, you almost stop and look around and you're like, okay, like, I've got to a pretty high level. Like, maybe I'm in Club Forge, which is a recognition club at our gym. It's like maybe I'm at a really high level, but now I don't really know what to do. Yeah. So I think you're left with a few options. You need to first like figure out literally why you go to the gym. Like yeah. why is it that you go? Um, if it's like, you know, to, to be, if, if just max strength is like really what you're trying to do, then you need to get very specific with those lifts and do them more. Yeah. If it's like, you're just trying to maintain and be like a jack of all trades then that's a very different approach to somebody who's like just locked in on like, I have to squat 400 pounds. Right. So you have to establish like what that goal is mentally before you can even begin to have the training fit what you're trying to do. Yeah. Um, It's just so true. Like you look at like, for me speaking personally, like my goals as I get older, as I get busier, like my goals are a bit more maintenance and they are to just continue to be like really good at everything. Mm -hmm. And for me, that's easy. So yeah. I don't have to worry too much about what, what I'm going to, when I'm going to it, 
You know, I get in three to four days right. a week. I hit everything. I pay attention to what I'm doing. I try to get better. That's a much different approach than, say, Julianne, who's like, I'm competing for a powerlifting meet. I need <laughs> right. to come in, and I need to be lifting heavy four times a week. Right. So it's yes. like you have to have that conversation with yourself on, like, why the hell are you even there? Yeah, absolutely. And, um, you know, members, too, like, need to – members that are maybe in the more intermediate phase that are looking at the advanced people need to continually continuously ask themselves that question too so that they stay out of that addictive comparison thing we were talking yeah, about earlier absolutely that's what gets you lost on that is like you don't really it's like the third episode where yeah. we mentioned like having your why yeah. but it's like it's so important because if you don't have that that's when the all the outer noise, all the comparisons start to kind of throw you off a little bit. And next thing you know, you're yeah. kind of like spiraling. Right. And uh, there's those moments where maybe, I mean, right now, yes, I'm training for a powerlifting meet. So it's very specific what I'm doing, but there are plenty of times outside of training for this, where I'm looking around, I'm going, what next? And it's, people get really stuck on the stuff that they're really, really good at. Like I'll sit there and I'll do cleans all day long. Cause yeah. I'm good at them. <laughs> but I also look at, club forge like you're looking at and i'm like i'm running out of strength points here it's time to start uh yeah, getting better at jumping running rowing right. all of those things and it's like you, you there is never nothing for you to get better at if Absolutely. you're trying to get better and there's al always something always something like i just randomly decided i wanted to get better at pull-ups because i wanted to get better at pull-ups and for a couple of weeks i just worked on pull-ups and then i did 10 yeah <laughs> <laughs> and it's like, okay, so I'm getting better at this thing that I never really looked at before because it was a weakness of mine. And now I'm looking at it doesn't how take, do I apply that to other things? Yeah, it doesn't take overhauling it no. either. It just takes a little bit of specificity right. with what you want to do. Yeah, like, that's totally. it. You don't have to change what you're doing. You just have to add a little bit more specifics to what you're trying to achieve. And people that are really good at everything, I think it's important for you to step back and go, am I good at recovery? Am I good at resting? Mm -hmm. Am I good at mobility? Am I good at the things that allow me to sleep at night without waking up uncomfortable or in pain or whatever that is? Um, because I have always understood being, as I came in as just the yoga teacher, that mobility and recovery are pretty I'm much sorry. always going to be last. <laughs> um, you know, strong, lean, skinny, fit, fat, like all those things are always going to come first. And that's totally fine. But you have to understand that those things will also come to an end if you don't focus on rest, recovery, and some level of mobility, even if it's just getting there five minutes early and laying on a foam roller. Mm -hmm. Like, that makes me happy when I see that because it's something over nothing. <clears throat> oh, excuse me. <laughs> um, I think that is a wonderful point because I think as people get to that advanced stage and they do start stalling on a few things, then they think, I have to go harder, right. longer, more, more, more when it's actually the opposite, yeah. more rest, more recovery, do less, do less. Do less. Yeah. It's like the best saying ever. Cause it's so true. You're not going to lose your gains from taking <laughs> with two, a Z. yeah, with <laughs> a Z, from taking two days off. If there's some, anything I've learned from like training for this. Off, yeah. Honestly. Like, yeah. You lose for, them temporarily, but they'll come right back. Come training back, for back this powerlifting meet has been challenging because there are days I want to go do a daily challenge and I can't because I know I have to squat heavy the day after. And that's like, oh, what do I do? I'm bored. What do I do with my hands? I don't know what to do. <laughs> but then I go and I'm like, I haven't squatted in four days. Am I going to be able to do this? And then I go in and I do it because it is, like I said, it's just autonomous at that point. It's just happening. Your body remembers and it's, it's crazy yeah. how that works. Yeah, like before we wrap this up, like Pritz, I actually really want you to talk about that because I think everybody thinks like, oh my God, if I take any time off, like my strength is just going to be evaporated. But it's like you fell down because you're a bad snowboarder and you got hurt <laughs> and you were like out of the out of the game for two, three months with lifting heavy and like you're kind of just getting back into that now. But I think it's very evident that like your strength has not left you. It just lies a little dormant. Yeah. Um, first off, the snowboard accident was not my fault. Uh, I'm an incredible snowboarder. Uh, the binding just broke, so. And yeah. yeah. You yeah. didn't like land Indian style or anything, did you? No, I wish. Then <laughs> I would have completed my goal for the year. Um, but yeah, I mean, w one thing real quick is, aside from that, people ask me, they're like, "Oh, you know, you in the gym? You know, you must be in there five, six days a week." And I'm like, I work out like two, three times a week. Right. That's it. Like, no more than that. Um, and, and so that's the same amount that, like, competitive people, yeah. high-level people work out. Yeah, and I take a lot of rest. Like, this past week I did Monday, Thursday. I think Monday, Thursday, and that was it. 
Like, I'm not in there every day. Like, my body needs to recover. And you killed it on Monday. Yeah, and I <laughs> won that goblet squat challenge. It's just, like, rest, like, makes your body feel really good. And going to what you asked about taking two or two and a half months off, like, yeah, the first couple workouts back were really difficult, and I felt kind of weak. But, like, as soon as I got into that routine of, like, two to three times a week, it was just, like, I was right back to where I was. And I'm obviously not doing, like, crazy heavy back squats or deadlifts right now because I kind of need to rebuild that foundation but like everything else is maybe even stronger than what it was before mm-hmm. um like my body feels great from taking two months off yeah it just it needs it like the, the more miles you put on it the more you need to recover and the more beneficial your training is going to be if you're giving that rest and it forces you to work on different things your weaknesses yeah, stabilizers true. all of it yeah you were saying earlier sometimes injuries cause you to take another look and this was like a snowboard injury that's totally different than being in the gym. But like just from that injury, I now come to mobility more. Mm-hmm. I do stuff on my own way more. And it's just like that kind of showed me my body's not invincible. And like I do need to work on it. Yeah. So Cool. Um, well, let's just quickly recap kind of each level and some like three or four points that these people can focus on in order to continue to go up. So I was kind of scribbling notes while everybody was talking. Um, feel free to jump in whenever you guys want on it. But and looking at beginners, um, basically, number one, just learn to accomplish. I think that's a big one. Learn to come in, complete a workout, complete a week of workouts. Just learn how to, how to finish stuff. Um, number two would be develop that movement pattern. Make sure that you're learning the body weight squat and then the goblet squat and then the back squat. And that obviously applies to all other movements as well. Um, number three, as far as specifics, like stay at that 50 to 60% for three to six months. Like you're going to continue to get stronger at five by five. I mean like the five rep stuff, continue to stay. Once you start lifting, stay in that percentage and just get really strong at the higher rep stuff. The three, the, the five rep before you start coming down to four, three, two, one, close to a hundred percent. Right. Um, intermediate folks, kind of that next phase. That's when you really have to start kind of owning your numbers paying attention to what you're lifting, tracking religiously, always focused on improving off of those percentages. Um, resist the urge to constantly be hitting the one rep. But like Julianne said, don't learn how to fail, learn how to succeed. Mm-hmm. So don't miss, don't miss reps and really pay attention to how you feel. So start to feel the difference between a hinge and a squat. Start to feel how your body reacts after workouts and then target mobility and recovery based on that specific movement and how it feels on your body. Um, and then as far as advanced folks, um, those on the higher end of the spectrum, almost kind of hitting the reset button and going back to that why you're here, have an honest talk about what your goals are. Also understand that it's fine not to have goals. It's fine to just, once you're advanced, continue to be strong, continue to be in great shape. You don't have to constantly be like throwing up massive numbers. I think that's a big one too. Yep. Um, less is more. So you're yeah. going to get much more productivity out of fewer training sessions. Um, and owning the shit out of your rest and recovery, yeah. like making that as much of a part as your training, probably more so than the actual training. Mm-hmm. Actively recover, and that doesn't mean like going on runs. It just means pay attention <laughs> to it. Do foam rolling. I hate that term, by the way. Active recovery. Oh. Um, do foam rolling. Do massage. Go to yoga. Like just rest. Yeah, I, there's one thing I'd like to add on the beginner side. Is you said once you get to the intermediate stage, start tracking religiously. As a beginner, start just paying attention to those numbers and at least getting a feel for what they mean. Mm-hmm. Um, I think you'll learn a lot and you'll progress to that intermediate level quicker when you understand those numbers and just kind of track. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so. and be open to coaching and be open to learning things from a different perspective or maybe with different kind of uh, you know drilling or whatever it is instead of thinking if you have experience that you already know how to do stuff because you could be missing out on really great tidbits of information from people you haven't worked with before for sure very rarely like training is all about like the successes are very few once you've been at it for a while yeah so understanding that regardless of where you're at very rarely is the answer to scrap everything right it's usually just make some tweaks to what you're doing but don't deviate to that bulk of what you're doing like that 70 to 80 to 90% of what you do should always be the same. You're just slightly tweaking it as you kind of inch your way up that curve. It's never overhauled. Mm -hmm. Um, Well, I think that's a wrap guys. Um, Julianne, that was awesome. Glad you came on. Thanks. 
Yeah, we should do that again. Thanks for traveling all this way. Yeah. Thanks for traveling to our fancy studio also. You have something to wipe the sweat off my eyes. <laughs> um, so thank you guys very much for listening. As always, we really appreciate it. Uh, please continue to share this. Please continue to throw us a review on iTunes. Um, we really, really appreciate it. Also, I know we had that launch contest, Pritz, when we started. Yep. Um, so we'll be announcing the winner of that next episode. Mm-hmm. So uh, we left it open for a little while longer. Um, so still a chance to enter that. If you subscribe to iTunes, uh, you'll be entered into that contest. Uh, so please subscribe to it. Um, I hope I win. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that'd be, what, what if one of us won? <laughs> I've entered like 50 times myself. So. Uh, yeah, you got anything else to add? Uh, no, that's it. Awesome. Well, thanks very much for listening, guys. Keep the suggestions coming, and we'll talk to you next time. See ya.